Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBerry here, and we are back again. It is Microsoft time, and we are actually doing a rather uh, turnaround on a production that uh, we wanted to chat about. Brian was going to chat about this during our last roundup, and we were so close to the end of the series, we decided to push it off and do a little Microsoft. So he is here on this panel today. What's up, Brian? Howdy. And we have got BJ joining us as well. What's up? Because we are going to talk about the first MCU television project of Phase 5, and that is Secret Invasion. Now, Secret Invasion premiered on June 21st and ran for six episodes. It's an American television miniseries created by Kyle Bradstreet for the streaming service Disney+. Plus. Based on the 2008 Marvel Comics storyline of the same, loosely based on the, the 2008 Comics storyline. Uh, it's the ninth television series in the MCU, produced by Marvel Studios, sharing continuity with the films of the franchise. It follows Nick Fury and Talos, or Talos, which made my skin crawl every time they said it. I don't know why. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's my one gripe with this series was that they kept on calling him Talos. Um I think it was because Fury would call him Talos and everybody else was calling him Talos until Gravik like towards the end said Talos also. And I was like, could we just pick a pronunciation and run with it? Um as they uncover a conspiracy by a group of shape-shifting scrolls to conquer Earth, Bradstreet serves as the head writer with Ali Salim directing. Uh, so Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn reprise their respective roles as Fury and Talos. And then we've got Kingsley, Ben Adair, Killian Scott, Samuel. I do want, I do want, I hate when I do this on an episode, but I'm not going to cut it out because <laughs> it shows that I'm trying. Samuel edit one me, Dermot Mulrooney, Richard Dormer, Amelia Clark, Olivia Coleman, Don Cheadle, Charlene Woodward, Christopher McDonald, and Katie Finneran are also starring. All right, I'm not going to go into more. That's enough of me reading a Wikipedia description. Um, <laughs> I think we will handle this like we do most other review microsodes. Let's uh, chat about the good. Uh, let's chat about any critiques we might have. And uh, then uh, some uh, wild speculation and conjecture of where the MCU goes from here, whether it be directly relating to uh, post-Secret Invasion, or if this maybe has implications uh, for other future storylines. Sound good, y'all? Absolutely. I guess. All right. Well, hopefully you all listening were also chiming in and saying, yes, let's do this. Um, let's dive into things we enjoyed about it. So, uh, Brian, why don't you, since this was going to be your topic, why don't you uh, dive into some of your pros hopefully you have pros for the show <laughs> as we dive into this conversation I, I i do they are all people so i will give all of the kudos to of course starting with the best olivia coleman 
who I could watch a whole series about her secret spy activities in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think she fills a role for me that has been drastically missing. And although admittedly we had Colby Smulders, may she rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> Uh, not, not Maria Hill. Maria Hill died. Yeah, not Maria Hill. <laughs> we had Maria Hill. Uh, may she rest in peace. Uh, oh, spoilers, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's the right order, right? <laughs> um, so, like, she fills a role that I just don't think anyone really had done justice. Or, or it's a very, it's a trope. It's that British spy master M. You know, back when M was played by Judy Dench. Uh, you know, like it's it's it, it's a it's a great. Uh, trope, but I love it. And she just chewed it up and spit it out. And it was amazing. And she actually gave a fuck. And I don't know that every actor or actress in this show maybe had the same enthusiasm level. Let's just say it that way. Uh, that she did and some other actors, but oh my God, love her, love her, love her. Uh, Sonia Fallsworth, which I have not looked up if she is an existing MCU character. Uh, but I will now because that's what we do. Um, I also talk about, uh, and I won't. There won't be too many more of these. Trust me. Uh, Kingsley Benadir, who I don't know, or I must have seen him in something. Supposedly, he's in Peaky Blinders, which is I've seen a little bit of Peaky Blinders, um, but uh, I just love her or love her, love him as an actor. His character graphics complete horrible, like not quite mustache twirling, but close villain, but with motivation. So, I mean, I'm not like, you know, hating on it at all. I think again, he absolutely brought his a game, like chewed up just all the lines and just delivered them so well. Um, the only other actor that I really kind of want to call out, uh, Charlene Woodard, uh, who played sort of Mrs. Nick Fury, which is very diminutive, diminutive. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but a shorthand, she played, uh, uh, what's his name? Priscilla uh, was her human name. And Vara, Vara was her Vara. scrolling. Thank you. Okay. She, she played Nick Fury's long time suffering, very, uh, sort of long distance partner. <laughs> I mean, did you see the house? She wasn't suffering. Like, no. like she, <laughs> well, she I made mean, sure she made sure. What, <laughs> I don't know what their arrangement is, but I hope it wasn't that bad. But like, you know, I, I just, uh, that was certainly a, a, a moment in the show that I was pleasantly surprised. And I was like, Oh, well, this is, this is interesting. I'd never considered it. And, you know, I, I just think she, and maybe a, a couple moments with with uh, Samuel Jackson had like like really genuine, earnest little like human moments, which were really nice. I said, said human, but you know, character driven moments. Um, I think this show succeeds when it does those kind of character beats. Another one was like back when uh, Nick Fury and Talos. Bleh, uh, are on a train together and, and Nick Fury is sort of telling a story about his family growing up. Like those moments uh, to me, those are good. Those are really nice beats of television, which is why I think Marvel always comes out ahead of any other superhero uh, movies uh, that exist because they do bring those genuine human character driven moments in. Uh, yeah, that's all the positive I got to say. <laughs> I think uh, I'll stop now. <laughs> Piggyback, I think that uh, the Priscilla and Gaia uh, moments in the last episode, I think it was the last one. I don't know, it all kind of rushed together at the end. Second to last. last. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that that felt the same. And I I liked seeing the, and I mean, granted, both, spoiler alert, both made it through the, the series. So there is the potential for there to be more with those two. Um, but I, I think that that was also a, a nice touch to it. And it, it showed their connection and their suffering. I also found it hysterical that these shows are how we get introduced to the spouses and families of Avengers or <laughs> people related to, you know, shield members because they did the same shit with Hawkeye and in introducing Laura and, uh, you know, kind of doing all of this like mockingbird, uh, type of reveal in these shows and it's like all right well i I guess we've got all this going on cool cool all right well that's that that i was gonna say that's what what brian was saying is is for the shows really shine when 
they use them as a more of a vehicle for character depth when they mm-hmm. when they when they humanize the characters more because that was that was always my favorite things about Hawkeye is Hawkeye the Hawkeye series didn't just introduce a character it deepened uh it deepened um Hawkeye Hawkeye one uh it deepened Hawkeye it deepened uh Florence Pugh's um Yelena it it gave a lot of it, as long as they give depth to characters they definitely shine, especially with WandaVision. WandaVision was like a masterclass in like how you how you like show grief and build upon characters' personalities and what they're actually like. Miss um, Marvel, like her interaction with her family. So when we do get entered, when when we do get to see her in the Marvels movie, you know you see her family, and they're not just set pieces. You you understand the gravity of what it is for her to not be home. Um, so it's it's one of those things where where this show definitely showed it showed the weight of uh, the weight and consequence of Fury not being Nick Fury. And like his conversation with Talos, Talos, I can't. Now, now I'm thinking about it too much, and I won't be able to say his name at all. Um, uh, and his interaction, especially his interaction with the scrolls as a community, and you actually get to see some of his altruism. So that's yeah, the 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 beats where you get to have more of Nick Fury's actual past and not just like doctored secret spy stuff but his his actual vulnerability with like the scrolls and what he wants to do uh, for sure and i think that i think marvel has to they don't have to they don't have to do anything but the i think they find those those beats and those pieces and focus on them because when you're adapting comic books to a to the screen, whether it's the small screen, the big screen, you can only go so far. You can only do so much with it. And I, I I'm not gonna sit here and either bemoan or or try to defend the series here, but I know that there is a lot of talk online about how the show fails. And how it doesn't live up to what the premise is in the respect of the comic book. And that's why I kind of giggled and went back and said loosely based on the the comic of the same name. And we've seen this happen throughout the entire history of the MCU. We get certain names for things. And it's only the slightest bit of it. Uh, Civil War. You know, how do you have a civil war when there's like 10 characters? You know, it's like, oh, well, five on five. Okay, cool. Where civil war in the comics, that spanned numerous titles, numerous characters, both, you know, ones that we had known and, you know, whether they were front and center at that point in Marvel publishing or whether they were kind of side characters. But it, it spanned this whole piece civil war two, not as good, but still the same type of thing. It was a wide scale thing. So you get something like secret invasion and it's like, okay, you've got all of these big hopes for it. And it's just this one sliver of what could be this huge story. But how do you portray that? How many episodes of a series do you want? If it was put into a movie, okay, now you've got two or two and a half hours now you say, okay, well, maybe this should have been a series and spread out further. But then you have a series and you're like, oh, well, the pacing is off. It, it, it's a very fine line to walk. They don't always walk it well. I, I will I will say that. But we as fans also need to not expect the moon and the stars and the galaxy when we're getting these these shows. After how many years? How many films, how many television shows do we not sit back and go, okay, let me at least, you know, the, the, the critiques and the faults can still be there, but sometimes we just expect too much. And we think that it's going to be this whole massive undertaking when we have a, a series that is a Nick Fury led specific series focused on him. 
You know, it's like having a when we do these big Marvel comics crossovers and have or or a big like summer blockbuster series and then you have the Iceman you know series that is a spin-off of it. You're following that one story, but there's a bigger picture going on outside of everything else and that's how I think I'm starting to look at these things. There's this whole big thing because obviously it's there's going to be an impact from this show. There has to be, I hope. And now we've just seen this one piece of it. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of my my middle sized horse, <laughs> not so much the high horse, <laughs> but just the middle sized one, a small soapbox. Uh, and and I'll throw it to you, BJ, for your pros, your positive takeaways from uh, from Secret Invasion. Um. So I will say I'm gonna have a weird, a really weird one. Um. It's, I actually think this is the first Marvel property or the Marvel like series where I think I loved the actual ending setup. Cause whereas you had WandaVision was, even though you, it was very obvious where a lot of people were kind of left off. Like Wanda was just kind of alone with the, the book of the damned. Um, it, it was, I don't know it. It the ending of Wandavision and the ending of Miss Marvel. You obviously have them set up as like like big adventure is about to happen. With this one, the way it's more set up, it's set up in a very questionable like like it's like you understand the gravity for the characters as a viewer. And it's really like, it's a little bit heartbreaking because you, because you've got Rhodey who clearly has been there for a very, very long time. His legs are not healed. I believe they have confirmed that he was picked up right after civil war. So I think it's been confirmed, confirmed, but yes, that is the, yeah, you get the feeling that he was picked up a while ago and if he was picked up any time before endgame armor wars is going to be very heartbreaking in the beginning which is rough and then um especially if he wasn't present oh if he wasn't present during um the falcon and the winter soldier so like all those conversations he's had with uh sam and everybody else since civil war it's it's gonna be rough it's gonna be rough and then the same thing you've got um uh what's his name um our favorite colonizer um clearly that was not him at the end of wakanda forever um yeah i want to know when he got picked up because that was a crazy reveal for me we, we need to figure out when he got picked up so so those two little those and those two nuggets right there like that is that that is going to have interesting ramifications later on, but you won't know it for a very long time because of the writer strike and things. But I like the fact that those were kind of left very questionable. And then you've got, um, then you've got Fury going to a peace summit, and I actually really, 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 really love Fury asking for help. And I love the thing between him and Talos. Talos is going to bother me. Um, <laughs> it's um, between him and them actually fighting. Like them actually being like, what did you think was going to fucking happen? Or like you disappeared and you were the only person here that knew we were here and knew what was going on. Like those story beats to me were very good and very telling. And it'll, it'll be now that we know where he where he fits in the upcoming Miss Marvel series, which actually gives us the biggest story beat for Miss Marvel um in the fact that there's probably the career assholes like i don't in in i've always thought the kree were fucking assholes they've always been dicks so like the idea that you're gonna have the kree the kree actually vying for peace i scoff at it um but it'll make uh it'll make for very good storytelling especially when you have nick fury kind of there being like like all right we're here for a peace summit 
take it over, honey. I'm useless in this situation. Um, so, so yeah, I think those, those story beats about it were really good. And I actually, uh, the music, the music for this series uh, was, it wasn't as spy esque sounding. It was actually very melancholy. A lot of, a lot of the music was very melancholy. A lot of it was, wasn't, you didn't get that superhero sort of heavy drum, thing until like you know your inevitable final battle that a lot of marvel series have um but the whole thing felt very melancholy and hopeful and it 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 definitely helped a lot of cohesiveness with the story so those were those the the story beats the little the little story nuggets um that I really well, those were the story nuggets that I really liked, and the music was actually very, very well done. And I think those are probably the only two things I have <laughs> as far as uh, that goes. Yeah, and I, for me, I echo a lot of what you all have said already, so I'm not going to really um, harp on those. But the yeah, the the there were standout performances. Samuel L. Jackson, how I felt about him during this whole thing <laughs> because there were times where I was like alright this is some good Sam Sam Jackson acting and then there was some points where I was like alright what are you doing dude <laughs> this is a little it's a little much um, but I also I, I found it funny in, in some respects as well um, I did I did love them giving a little bit more of a look at the person behind Nick Fury uh, Brian, I think you had mentioned the the Talos Fury train ride when he was talking about his his family and, and giving the, the story of him growing up and uh, you know him and his mom kind of not knowing the lies there and it was a lot of Fury kind of pulling that that pulling on those strings of his history to essentially kind of tell the audience that he's on to what is going on because they made it very obfuscated as far as how and when Fury figured things out or when things were kind of going on. Um, but I, I did appreciate a little bit more of the humanization of, of Fury because we don't really see that. And, and yes, putting Priscilla into his life as uh this scroll wife that he has that we never knew about was one thing and it was one piece of it but i, I think those stories and and hearkening back to uh fury growing up were were really great pieces that were included in this fury centered miniseries uh you know i i i got very excited when i heard super scroll you know there were certain things as comic book readers that regardless of how they're implemented when you hear them when there's an implication when there is these these pieces you just get a little you get a little tingle a little rush and uh <laughs> that was that was when they said super scrolls for me um and i think that i think Cheadle, honestly there were some very good scenes Cheadle really amped it the fuck up during the series um and we really haven't spoken on that and i know that through the majority of it, through ninety nine point nine percent of the Cheadle in this uh, the series, it's Rava as as Rhodey and not Rhodey himself. But um, that scene between Fury and, and Rhodey in the restaurant was mm-hmm. intense, and it was it it made it was so poignant, especially for everything that's been going on in you know that's really come to the forefront, that's really been boiling over in the last couple of years. And to see a conversation like that and see that kind of that kind of acting was uh, I, I thought it was a very strong part of it. And it really made me enjoy the first couple of episodes because it really felt like they were building to so much. Spoiler alert, the last couple of episodes were a little less. But uh, but yeah, I think overall there were some pieces that I really enjoyed. Um, and definitely I agree with a lot of uh, what you all said and. There's one bit of speculation that I was reading about that really made me excited, but I'm going to leave that for our conjecture and speculation part of it. Um, so, yeah, so that, that I think uh, covers the highlights of Secret Invasion. 
Dear listeners, we are so glad that you've joined us for another episode of Flame On. Feel free, if you have not done so, to check out our website, flameonshow.com. From there, you can check out all of our links to our social media, how you can reach us via email or social media. You can also check out our Threadless shop and cop your own Flame On swag. If you do, please tag us in pictures you post online. We'd love to see it. And uh, there's also a link to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash flame on show, where you can join any one of the four levels that we have there with some lovely perks as well. So uh, we appreciate you. And uh, yeah, check us out, flameonshow.com and patreon.com forward slash flame on show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. Now let's get into what uh, will probably be the more the more lively debate. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about critiques comments concerns quandaries and uh let's go back around with uh brian what were some of your uh less positive takeaways from this show yeah i don't even there's so much like um let's start with the characters and the actors um and i and i you know i'm not an actor i i would love to someday have like that experience in, in a way that's not in a church uh dressed up as a giant singing book which is my <laughs> oh. only credit today <laughs> Oh, that um, quickly became stop number two in my time machine. If I get one, <laughs> yeah, oh, please, buddy, <laughs> please do. Uh, it was traumatic. Wait, what was it? Was it was it Salmi's salty? Stand? But it was I was salty. rhythm. I was, I was salty's son. Rhythm in a giant orangish yellow uh, book. Oh. Um, anyway, point is that's my only. You've never credits. heard about this, BJ? No, yeah. I have a oh picture my God. somewhere. I don't know where I'll send you've been. You, you can. Oh, yeah, that is he has a picture. Oh. <laughs> uh he'll, he'll find that picture and i'll try to find the picture of me as a 10 year old with the american gladiators by myself and uh oh yes uh, oh, an still, event where i didn't wear to... so we can yeah, start our I'll true crime them. episodes <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly we'll, we'll share these on flame on uh just uh you know if we can find these respective pictures uh bj <laughs> you and you'll have to have eric find a, a suitably embarrassing photo uh, for that too but anyway point is i'm not an actor so take that obviously for what it's worth i do not believe that the acting quality of a ben uh, not ben kingsley ben mendelson and samuel jackson and all the very crazy amazing performances he's had over the years uh chloe smolders will give a pass because she's in one episode so i you know whatever she was fine uh, uh amelia clark another one also fantastic fierce actress that i love uh yeah they just phoned it in to be quite frank i don't know what challenges there were maybe this was something where there was production issues or there were i don't know i just don't know i don't there- understand there actually what? were, I do know there was a, I believe there's a director um, who left. Um, uh, there, yeah, there was uh, filming. There was, there was a couple of issues with filming. Um, I believe it was Jackson. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, there was, there was reshoots. There was reshoots in mid June, 2022. Um and I believe there were some issues with directing, so there was definitely some some production. Well, a we saw there was issues. some issues with directing. Yeah. So well, wait, oh, <laughs> I mean, I wanna, we know it. <laughs> I want to know what you're uh, you're you're talking about because I probably had the same thing, but um, I'll leave that for you. So, like, okay, so actors underwhelming. 
story beats, I mean, they're okay. I think I think I like the show more, tell less, but I do like those genuine character moments where we get a little insight into the backstory. And I think, and it's in the whole TV movie thing, I think the cast in this was not super large, which is fine. So you could make the case that it might have worked better as a movie, but uh, and and certainly there were elements of it that would have been really nicely tightened up if you don't if you only had the two hours real estate of a movie. But I do like when a TV show can let like moments live and breathe a bit more, and they did do they did do that. So I'm fine with that. Um, but choices and things that you didn't need, you don't need to see Nick Fury beaming up and down from the space station. I just don't think it's necessary. I would start later. <laughs> show less of that and just make it a little like like a nod back to it but like it's shared continuity all that's fine i just don't think it buys you anything and i'll just say with this last scene at the end with with uh you know nick fury and um well, what's her name not scylla or Celia. What what's the vara well, priscilla right? or vara priscilla vara. Uh, by that point she was vara she's vara i just think um, those actors are great. They had genuine good moments before that. I just didn't buy that ending. I thought that ending was like schmaltzy and just like, uh, it, it, awkward and weird. And, and, and the way Nick Fury had certain interactions with her as a character, like the dialogue was just stupid. Like there were moments when I absolutely like just yelled at the TV. Cause I'm like, this is stupid dialogue. Like, and I, and I wish I had written down these examples, but <laughs> their relationship bothered me a lot. The fact that Nick Fury and Talos, like they're sort of awkward old friend, whatever, they were just good, great moments. And then there were moments, especially the death scene with him. Oof! I just, no, I don't, you, you didn't buy, you didn't earn it. He, I don't think he, he earned it in some ways, right? But like the way they shot it and some of the dialogue and some of the choices, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't like that either. The, 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 you know, we're, we're going full into spoilers, of course, but like the, uh, the, the stupid, uh, the, the super scroll thing's fine. I, I have no issues with super scroll. I'm not as excited by it. Like, I think it's fine. It's an interesting concept, whatever. But the misdirect that that's Fury and he's coughing. I mean, obviously it wasn't. Like, we all knew that it was either going to be not him or we knew he had a, an ace in the hole that he was going to like have been faking it. I mean, there were several ways you could have gone with that. I don't know that. Gaia's performance of Nick Fury was spot on. Like I would have almost rather seen a, a little wink of a, of a something, not a reveal, but just something you could go back and think about and go, Oh yes, that was a tell that it wasn't Nick Fury before it was obviously it was a Nick Fury. Right. Um, also what the hell would he, what the hell, why would he, why would graphic do the thing with the super scroll uh, with Nick Fury in there? Wouldn't that possibly do something beneficial for Nick Fury? Like, I just don't know how the machine works. Like it just seemed weird, like an odd choice to like turn it on while they're both in there. Uh, it seems very I would assume it's irradiation. And if yeah. it's, I mean, he was already dying from the radiation. Okay. Like if it's, if it's going to imbue even more radiation, it, it would yeah. kill a human. Okay. That, I could buy that. I, I could live with that. Um, the whole like graphic is an interesting person as a villain has motivation. The fact that he went full on Jonestown, like killing everybody or not Jonestown exactly, but you know, killing his followers. I don't know about that either. Like, I, I don't know. That was it very just, much dash twirly. Yeah. Well, very much, but I just, I just think there could have been smarter choices in the story beats. I am not trying to suggest that this should have been a full on, like Marvel Comics secret invasion thing. I knew it would not be. I'm also fine with the sort of very British focused, you know, espionage drama with Nick Fury. I love that concept. I just don't think that the writing lived up to that concept. And I think that there were just bad choices, like overall acting choices, writing choices, directing choices. <laughs> I yeah. just. I just, I, I really feel like it, it failed on so many levels that I actually was sitting there going, and, and this is, so I didn't talk about Quantumania on the show because I only recently watched it when it came out on uh, Disney Plus. And I also feel like in that way, more successful, certainly, but I, I feel like Marvel, for whatever reason, I don't know if, um, what's his name? Um, who's the, Feige has like Kevin taken Feige? a step. 
Feige, I don't know if he's taken a step back, if he's not as hands-on, if other people now are in the loop that he he's just deferring to. I don't think the quality control is the same as it was. And I again, not every show has to be this and not every movie has to be that, but I just don't think it's hitting the same way. And maybe, maybe culturally, like we've all burned out and we're moving on. I don't know. That could be part of it too. So it might not be just the material is different, but our reaction to it is maybe changing. Uh, That's certainly been suggested by a lot of writers and people online. I will 100% say that like, I have noticed since they have started the television projects, I have noticed, and this is definitely fans and, and how we react as a society to long running stories I, I would hear complaints from random people, like especially when Hawkeye came out. Like, I think they're, they're definitely pivoting because uh, especially they said they were going to do smaller story. They were going to do smaller, long, long stories. So like we've got the multiverse stuff, but then we've got espionage stuff kind of going on. And now we've kind of got space stuff. So we've kind of got kind of have like three. They've got three eggs in the basket that they can they can increase or decrease now. Um, but I will say a lot of people, when I hear certain broy broy guys complaining, like they're like, "Well, I just watched Hawkeye, and like, what's that? That's just like a story about some criminals on the street, like." We, we were just dealing with stuff in the multiverse and, and I'm like, we need more of that. And I'm like, but at some point you run out of fiction when you go past like omniverse and like time storylines, you right. need and- to have smaller storylines. And so some of it, I think is the fact that they're trying to like pivot into different things. And I don't think Kevin Feige is as hands-on. I think, I think, I don't think he's as hands-on because he's trying to give more room for stuff, but that's not always the best thing. <laughs> well, and it's not even that diversifying the, the genres and really like, I love that. I think, I think there have been some notable uh, successes like Miss Marvel is a huge success for me. She Hulk, a uh, huge success. Now I know not everyone online likes them and I don't fucking care, but like as, as someone who likes good quality, you know, s- genre fiction, and especially when it transcends that genre into something better, there's examples that, you know, are recent of Marvel TV. I think Loki uh, honestly is one of the also standouts and, 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 and just as, as something really just almost doctor who, but like, you know, multiverse, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think there's just some great, great, great Marvel television that is very all over the genres, you know, in, in different ways. But uh, yeah. So, so to your point though, I think Feige, either he is just stepping back and letting others do more, which you have to, at some point, right. We, we couldn't expect him to be like the shepherd of all of these things forever and ever. I mean, it's yeah. not going to happen. But like, and he gets paid too much money, whatever. But like, I just, I don't know. This this series, more than any other Marvel property, disappointed me. And it disappointed me not because it's not what I thought it would be. There's probably a little bit of that, of course. But because I think there were failed choices made by the creators at all levels. And it just resulted in a very underwhelming sort of story that had good, great moments, but just so many misses that I, I just... Not only would I probably not watch it again, but like I just really just don't don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to deal with it again. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my all, <laughs> all valid criticism, and, and I I don't know if Feige is uh, hands more hands off or not, but also with so many projects being in production and going on at the same time, regardless of how involved he is unless he is literally awake and there 24 seven, you can't be knee deep into everything, which I think when everything was starting, he had more freedom to be that because there was more time in between everything, which, you know, it, it, it sucks. Um, and we definitely see where, where that, that drawback is the positive possibly. I mean, outside of the writer strike piece of it, they've already talked about reducing their output and everybody was like, Oh, more, more, more. But then you realize, okay, more, more, more means thinner stories, thinner timelines, thinner, 
you know, you more more people having to be put on a tighter deadline to get things out, and then quality can suffer. Yeah. The other piece to it uh, that I think maybe you know maybe uh, an issue. And I, th- I don't remember where I heard this, and it might have been Eric Voss with uh, New Rockstars saying that, you know, it's not that he doesn't think that it's superhero fatigue or, or this type of, of, of thing because, like, Guardians of the Galaxy was a huge hit. You know, it's a great number, is very well received. So, not say that that is the be all and end all of whether or not there's superhero fatigue, but more so that there doesn't seem to be. And, and BJ, you hit on this. There are all of these different types of stories. Phase one, two, and three had a purpose. There was an endpoint to it. Now we have so many kind of tendrils and, and pieces out into all these different things. It doesn't feel cohesive. And it feels tougher to place where you're going in the story. Because you've got street level. You've got cosmic. You've got no one talking about the... Um, Celestial sticking out of the North Pole. Uh, how, <laughs> how many productions later? Uh, so all these things happen, but it doesn't seem like there is a, a through line. It doesn't seem like there is a a thing that is connecting everything, which makes it a lot harder for our brains to connect everything, since it is all interconnected materials. Where in Phase 1, 2, and 3, during the Infinity Gauntlet saga you knew even when you were introducing new stories and new characters and new beats at the end of it or in the, in the background of it all, you had Thanos looking for the stones. You knew where you were going to end up. That gauntlet was going to be made. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what the, the future of the MCU uh, as a whole will look like. Uh, I hope that by having maybe a reduced output of, films and shows that they will be able to kind of have a little more time to make the stories gel together, whether you were talking a street level story or a cosmic story. And when you're, you're putting all of these pieces together and it'll be a little easier for our brains to wrap around everything there. Uh, BJ, I'll toss it over to you. What were some of your uh, critiques and takeaways from uh, secret evasion? Oh man! Alrighty. Um, so, uh, I, they definitely actors were unutilized, and they actually. Uh, this might be a controversial take. Nick Fury didn't need to be the focus of the show. I think the show would have shined more with Gaia, Talos, and um, Patricia slash. I already forgot her. Priscilla. Priscilla Priscilla Vara. Priscilla Vara. I think think it would have shined with the three of them dealing with this. um, Because, honestly, I had to be reminded that Talos was the general, was actually in charge of all the scrolls at some point. Um, I think it would have worked better if they kept all of the flashback scenes and maybe even added some more and then kind of ended, almost ended where they ended. Um, I don't think we needed six episodes of of Nick Fury fumbling the ball. Um, I I really think a lot of his scenes shined when there were flashbacks where you see him make actual connections with with the scrolls and other people. Um, So I feel like you could have had the exact same show and and still keep Sonia, um, still keep Sonia Fallsworth um, as kind of like the human who understands Nick Fury's vision of what he wanted. But then you also have the scrolls, the three scrolls that are closest to him trying to also be like, Fury's coming. He has a plan. We still believe in him. We don't know why he's gone. So I, I, I feel like you either have a show about Nick Fury and you just have Nick Fury and maybe Talos and maybe a love interest. Um, but I don't, th- I think there was a lot of bloat with characters. Um, so you can keep the same overall plot, even the results. Um, and it would just be a bit more cohesive. 
My other thing, I hate it. I, I, I am over love interests and in stories. I didn't hate the fact he had a love interest. I just, I feel like, I don't know. It's just like, like you said, Brian, the, the, where they, where they kind of left off where they were kind of giving it another shot. She's going to live more in her, she's going to live in her skin and they're going to give it another go. Like, I feel like that could have been just a last minute reveal and you didn't really need to shoe. It felt shoehorned in where now you're like, oh, we have to get this dynamic of him, of how they met and everything. And I'm like, you could still have that, but I don't know. It's just uh, not everybody. And I really hope it seems like they're still doing it with Florence Pugh's um, Yelena because Yelena is asexual in the comics. She's like, I don't. She doesn't do the honeypot thing. She just shoots you in the fucking face. Um, And they seem to be doing that a lot with Kate. Kate's just like, I just want to be cool and shoot arrows and shoot tech arrows. Like, these are all good things that I see them moving towards. But I am definitely over. Not every single person needs a plus one. A romantic plus one. It was just one of those things where I made a face. I just, as soon as they like, as soon as he put his wedding ring on and like kiss her, I was like. I was like, uh, I know, I don't want this. I just why do you hate love. Why do you? Why do you not want people to be happy, BJ? I mean, you can be perfectly happy by yourself. <laughs> like you, you don't. Why need don't you want the, Why do you hate love? Why I, do you hate love? And I'm not against the fact that they were together. Like I would love it. Like I said, they could end it the same way. She could have gotten on that ship of her own volition. He just happens to be on the ship and they have that exact same conversation. And then you're like, oh, damn, that was his wife the whole time. And like, not only was she a scroll, a scroll in disguise, a scroll in love in disguise, like it's got multiple layers and it would have just been a better reveal. I just, it was just like, I was like, we better not get a whole episode on him falling in love. I just don't, I am here to see Nick Fury do cool shit. And, like, falling in love, like, with a scroll was not cool shit. I love the character. I love her character. Especially, see, and then if you if you had added her in the mix with Gaia and Talos, I feel like that trio would have been something I would have wanted 20 episodes of, seeing all three of them interact together. And it would just be, and especially Gaia with her mom gone. And, like, the, like oh, the scene where, where they buried her father, like... I was getting goosebumps. I was like, and then they got attacked. I was like, this whole thing is what I wanted the whole show to be. And it didn't really need Nick Fury at the forefront. It needed his presence. Absolutely needed his presence. Um, It absolutely needed his story beats. I just, I, like I said, like I said, I, I feel like you could have done the same thing without him there. And a lot, and a lot of it was cliche and not even the cool cliches. Um, so yeah, I, I and I actually went into it with zero expectations because I was like, this could be a spy thing, but this is also a sci-fi thing. There's a lot of genres it touched on, and I and like I said, it just it just felt like lazy, lazy execution for me. And I was like, I was like, please don't diminish this really cool character you just introduced. Oh no, I like her. I like her more than Nick Fury right now. <laughs> I don't kiss him. Punch like like the fact that they shot at each other and missed that was that was romantic to me the fact that they were like well now what do we do and she's just like i guess i wait for somebody to come and kill me and he's like i guess i go and do my thing and i'm like that was that was great that was like the one part of when they when they broke up that was the best part of their relationship together (laughs) so but I mean, like I said, it's it, it, there were just there were some lazy story beats, um, numerous to mention. Um, I just felt like they could have actually reduced Nick Fury's presence and let Talos, um, uh, Mrs. Fury, and Gaia, all three of them, be at the forefront of the series. I can't remember her name. It's my brain's you editing out. Heard of Mrs. Fury? <laughs> Not you. Not you over here. They they didn't need to be a couple. They didn't need to be married. But that's what they did. See, you don't like it. You know, see, you don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) 
so but yeah not mrs fury i would have just rather can gaia come out to play (laughs) but i would have i would have seen that at talos dealing with the with grief by himself with his supposed best friend dealing with trauma in space because they definitely shine during trauma during trauma storylines you could have even had a singular episode about nick fury trying to coordinate all this from space because he's fucking traumatized from turning to dust and not dealing with his own, you know, trauma. So, there, like I said, there were just so many better things they could have done and they kind of opted for the easy road. With Mrs. Fury. <laughs> <laughs> every time you say, every time I hear Mrs. Fury now, I think Mrs. Roper and it's a stupid reason. <laughs> hey, what? Mrs. Roper, also sort of a reduction, but amazing character in her own right from Three's Company, right? But they just had a Mrs. Roper, a million Mrs. Roper pub crawl across the country last night. And they had it They had it here uh, near where I am in Ed, uh, Shoreline, but it's called Edmonds. And, and it, I, I was thinking about going in a caftan, but I didn't have the wig and I was just, it's busy and it's fine. But I saw pictures and I just thought, I'm like, oh yeah, Mrs. Roper. And I'm like, wait a minute. That was also Dominion. Dimini- not diminu- was it diminishing Diminu- Dimin- <laughs> diminutive diminuizing no uh, diminishing her agency as an actual person but that's something they did in the 70s uh you know in some ways although again fantastic character and obviously iconic but yes priscilla vara let's 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 <laughs> keep her names in our mouths <laughs> it's a, not the international order of mrs roper <laughs> I love that. Sorry, as you were saying, and I was looking up Mrs. Roper Bar Crawl 2023. I see the the, uh, the tickets for the you know the annual Mrs. Roper Bar Crawl in Hillcrest, San Diego. I knew the, I knew oh. there was one in San Diego because I think I've seen oh. pictures of that one. That'd be amazing to do it in Hillcrest too. Oh wow! Ah, one of these years it'll line up. Anywho, <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, you all touched on some some great points. I I thought that the first couple of episodes, like the first two or three, um, I was actually okay with. I didn't really the 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 varying length of the episodes was a little jarring. Having like a thirty five minute episode and then a forty four minute episode, um, and and that probably harkens back to the production issues, the reshoots, all of those things. When you go back in and post, and you start cutting things out to uh, change storyline direction or, or change some of the beats. Obviously, you know that's gonna gonna be a, a thing there. Um, I I didn't mind most of the the Priscilla uh, Fury stuff. The one thing I do want to point out: you know, you have a good, not necessarily hero on your hands, because if you look at it, Priscilla's story arc. We shouldn't like her. Like she intentionally chose a dying woman. She befriended her. She gained her confidence in or because it was a person whose visage she knew would get to fury. There was such evil and 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 malice behind that intent and that 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 beat. But because of the acting because of the connection that that they had on screen, you grew to care about Priscilla slash Vara. And you didn't hate her for what she did. And that's the mark of, one, a good actor, um, but, but also a, 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 an interesting way that they portrayed the character in the show. Um, it definitely fell apart in the last couple of, the last two two and a half episodes for me um, where it had a lot of time to breathe. It also rushed things. So that pacing towards the end felt very awkward. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think I, I don't want to harp on a lot of the things that you guys said because um, a lot of, a lot of it, I felt the same way and was very accurate. So yeah, I um I, I wasn't a huge fan of the the I, I would have loved it to have been Priscilla and not Gaia in that in that Nick Fury disguise. 
because I felt like that would have been a, a more interesting take on uh, someone who knows Fury so well to portray him. Mm-hmm. And I think that could have had some more nods to like the, the inner working or the, the, the memories of Fury or like the things that Fury would know to make you want to believe that it was him when you know it's not going to be him. But I understand that they wanted Gaia to be the super scroll. So it, it it just was a lot of it was telegraphed towards the end. And I felt like the first one, two, maybe two and a half episodes felt like it could have gone anywhere. And the fact that they came out of the gate swinging and said, uh, we're going to kill Maria Hill. I was hoping that Maria was going to be a scroll because then you could still bring Colby Smulders back, but it wasn't. But uh, she still got shown being killed in like five or six episodes and always got a credit right at the, the end of the episode. So good for her. Get that check, girl. Uh, right? And those horrible residuals that I'm, that everybody seems to be getting because <laughs> goddamn. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, I I was excited for it. I I don't feel super let down by it because I understand that it's a television show and you know it is what it is and it's going to set up other stuff. Like in comics, you you know that if you read a storyline, you're never going to get full resolution to that storyline because it always leads into other things. Um, we we've read comics for a long time. We know that there's very few times you get a full full resolution to a story, and that just ends a chapter and you move on to something new. It usually bleeds into something else with a slightly ambiguous ending. Um, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys. Uh, chiming in with with all of that fun stuff now let's get back on to some uh one final hopefully fun take on this let's talk about wild speculation and conjecture is there anything that you want to see spin out of this um that's uh you know you could see coming down the line again doesn't have to be necessarily a direct follow-up from this but you know an impact that it might have on the greater mcu as a whole projects coming up i know bj you mentioned that it's going to be very interesting to see roadie in a in an armor war series now that we're getting the real roadie back and have probably not had the real roadie for multiple years of uh mcu projects so bj i'll throw it over to you first uh what wild speculation and conjecture do you see coming in the mcu well so America's a problem, and I mean that in every sense of the word, fictionally and yeah. currently. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so right now you've got the American government rife. You've got the power broker chilling out. You've got Rhodey as a scroll. You don't know. And as a scroll, he's had access to Tony Stark's uh, uh, entire everything, designs everything. So a night, we know now how all of Tony Stark's, like, armor blueprints and everything have gotten out. Um, and we're going to be seeing Rhodey dealing with grief. He's essentially lost all the Avengers, everybody with the exception. You've got white vision wandering around who has all of visions memory, but zero context. Um, all of his friends essentially are gone or off world. He didn't form a relationship with any of the newer Avengers um, he didn't form a relationship with Miss Marvel um, or Nebula, so it'll it'll depending on how far back he was picked up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, watch him deal with those feelings. Um, and as I've said before, I'll say it again: mutants are about to have a really, really bad fucking time when they are introduced in the MCU because you now have Alien Mania. Anybody with shape-shifting powers, anybody with any real uh, abilities that are going to be viewed as aliens because the president has now dropped that that law that all off-world species are considered hostile. So everybody who is not human is about to have a really bad time in America. Um, And they're going to have a really questionable time in the UK as um, Sonia has recruited scrolls and is now the in charge of MI6 over there. Um, so you've you've you're gonna their mutants are about to have a very very bad time. I mean they're having a really bad time in the comics, but they're about to have just as bad of a time in um, in uh, in the MCU. Um, and 
it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting, especially when 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 I win and if Kamala comes back to Earth. So we're we're about to see Superhuman Mania. Uh, we're a, a kind of a what is that? Um, the Satanic Panic in super in superpower form, and it's uh, Sam is going to have a really hard time in Captain America: New World Order because um, they're going to have uh, they're going to have anti-superhuman sentiment everywhere i would love to see a short or or see that on the her I, we saw a little bit of that on the horizon and she hulk um so yeah it'll be it's gonna be it's the what they're setting up is great what they're setting up is pretty is pretty fantastic as far as like social commentary and everything so yeah i i, I think we're gonna see roadie have to deal with his feelings of having not been around um I'm going to question whether or not what's his name is going to get a full pardon um, from the Contessa. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't now. Now I'm blanking on his name. It's one name per episode that I just I just shift to a different character. Um, Colin, our favorite colonizer from Wakanda Forever. Um, depending on when he was picked up, or is he just going to blame it on on the fact that maybe he was a scroll? So yeah, we're about to see some very interesting. Uh, um, Ross, um, oh, Everett but, Ross, Everett Ross, Everett Ross. Yeah. And then I do know that they've, they've stated that, um, uh, oh my God. Um, Indiana Jones, Han Solo, uh, Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford is going to be as Ross. Yeah. He's going to be Thaddeus Ross. So, and becoming possibly becoming president in new world order. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm actually, every project that hasn't been about the multiverse has gotten me more and more excited for Captain America, new world order. I am very excited for that one. And I'm getting a little bit more excited for Thunderbolts, even though apparently they have, they, they went back to the drawing board on the team that they're going to have for it. Um, so we shall see, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm still excited for future Marvel projects and I'm actually welcoming this break. Uh, we're getting due to the writer strike and filming because it'll kind of give everybody time to refocus and redirect and figure out, um, you know, how much how much longer you want to you want to stick with Marvel or if you want to just only concentrate on specific projects. I mean, that's not a lot of wild speculation and conjecture, but but I'm happy <laughs> to hear how excited you are for for all of that. <laughs> Brian, any wild speculation and conjecture? <laughs> Well, I think they're going to do something, obviously, with Amelia em- Clark's Super Scroll. I mean, you don't do that to a character and then just, I don't know, forget about them. Maybe, maybe you do if there's like it doesn't work out. So I would like to see her show up at least by the Avengers next iter- next generation sort of thing. Um, but I'd be even more excited, and I hope that they do something with her and uh, Fallsworth, which did I did look it up a bit. So uh, Sonia Fallsworth may be related to James Fallsworth. James was in the Captain America First Avenger as one of the Howling Commandos. And in the comics, he is Union Jack. So it is possible they just went, uh, you know what? Here's a last name. Let's just let's just make it a, a very, very deep cut nod and a wink. But. Union Jack uh, as a very interesting addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in some form like that might be cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see what the 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 Super Scroll, what 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 Emilia or uh, Gaia. Isn't it funny though that she's Gaia? And then Gaia reminds me of Captain Planet, who also has multiple powers. <laughs> interesting. I don't know if there's a thing. Your there, powers but... combined. I mm. am a Super Scroll. I mean, it's what kind Don of Cheeto, scroll is, right? Don Cheadle played Captain Planet on a, a Funnier Die video or a, a Funnier Die video. That's well, see, it's Here all we connected. Are. This is it's it. It's all connected. It's so the new weird. multiverse. Here we go. Here's um, our wild speculation and conjecture. Captain Planet, <laughs> MCU confirmed. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I don't care. Like none of this. None of this is like the Super Scroll menace is kind of whatever. Now, I, I don't. I don't anticipate. I think I'm going to pick that beat up and show this bastard American president killing people. I don't know. I, I hope not. Uh, unless it bleeds into armor wars maybe and, or whatever thing could follow. But again, with the writer's strike, I think a lot of, uh, as we saw last time we had a big uh, Hollywood production shutdown, a lot of things like this can kind of get dropped and refocused and, 
moved on from pretty quickly if there's a significant delay in production. So I'm not, uh, I don't know, unless it's already sort of out there and in production, it's, yeah, I probably won't see much. So yeah, I hope she shows up again. That's what I want. I want, I want Sonia Fallsworth and I want uh, Gaia to show up again. I mean, Priscilla would be great too, or, or, or Vara, but I, you know, that's fine. It, she's her story arc's kind of been like told. I don't, I don't think you need her to show back up. Um, I do want to see a Kree scroll war though. I'm just putting that out there. If they're, if they're supposedly all re- reuniting and everything's great, that could portend for either King Hulkling, which would be amazing or the next Kree scroll conflict. And now we have these two people identified and there's where you get your super scroll coming back and being a badass with the Marvels or, I don't know, guardians, whatever that follows. I don't know. I don't know. All of this sounds fun. I don't know what they'll do, but they got ideas. They got no shortage of ideas and possibilities. So, uh, yeah, we'll just keep, uh, we'll keep waiting for that moment when we're uh, our, our wild conjecture is vindicated. I wouldn't mind a, a Kree scroll war. That would be fun. Um, so my, I really only have one piece and it kind of ties into Sonia Gaia, possibly, um excalibur oh uh, yeah that come about the uh, the braddocks were name dropped in endgame um with it being a very british focused thing um i would love to see this be the impetus for uh some form of excalibur to come to uh the mcu or at the very least just please give me brian braddock i know right i just want i just want my captain britain um, can i amend my wild conjecture don't know to reiterate yours (laughs) i for those who don't know brian braddock outside of um like the direct x-men you know gene gray rogue um my favorite uh, and havoc obviously um my my favorite comic book character is captain britain so give me brian braddock Let's work away into Excalibur. That's where I would love to see this going. That is my wild speculation and conjecture. So uh, one final time, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you coming back and and hearing us jibber-jabber on about uh, pop culture. And we'll be back in two weeks for another pop culture roundup. In the meantime, check out our website, playmonshow.com and our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. And uh, BJ and Brian, thank you for joining me for this episode. And uh, until next time, y'all. Bye, bitches. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.